Pushkin. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America, and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on Easy Mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Just a quick warning. The following podcast discusses suicide and the bullying of gay youth. I'm Jason Anthony. I wrote my four days in fake gay conversion therapy for Wired magazine. And this is the story of the week. So in 2007, I got a call from the ABC News show Nightline. Then they had a really strange request. They asked me to fly down to Mexico the next day to report a segment. I had never worked for Nightline. I don't speak Spanish, but that is not why this was strange. The reason this was strange was they wanted me to go to this resort that had a really weird tourist attraction, fake crossing the Mexican border. So I show up on a Saturday night. I wait with about 35 middle-class Mexicans who had paid $20 to simulate crossing the US border. So we're waiting until it gets dark we're introduced to this guy named Pancho, and Pancho had smuggled in, in real life hundreds of Mexicans across the real border. So for like six hours, we're running through mud and walking along cliffs, and all the while these fake US border agents are driving around in Broncos and shooting at us with what I hope were blanks. So at the end, which is like three in the morning, We've been blindfolded by our coyote and they take off our blindfolds and we find ourselves in this huge clearing filled with hundreds of lit candles. And then someone unfurls a Mexican flag and they start singing these seemingly patriotic Mexican songs. And I think we're celebrating the fact that so many Mexicans have risked their lives to come to America and send money back to their homeland. But I'm not entirely sure because, again, I don't speak Spanish. I never fully understood why people were paying to have this horrible experience. 
Until I read Jason's story in Wired about people who roleplay even weirder events. Writing is hard. Who's got that kind of time when you're already busy trying to be Joe Stein? So he turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob, calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job. Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak. Conversation filled with information, it's the story of the So Jason Anthony's story is about LARPing, which stands for live action role-playing, which is something so nerdy that not even I have done it. LARPing is when you take Dungeons and Dragons and try and do it in the real world. So you'll like get dressed up as an elf, go out into the woods and find some opposing wizard and just beat him with your foam broadsword. What I learned from Jason's article in Wired is that LARPing became a huge deal in Scandinavia so big that they moved way past fighting dragons or reenacting civil war battles or even crossing the Mexican border. They created these complicated multi-day LARPs about some really dark subjects, like being in a bunker during a nuclear war. This other one takes place in a prison camp. And the most popular one they ever did is in the 1980s during the AIDS epidemic. People pay to experience these things. People like Jason. All right, Jason, thank you for doing this. And thanks for writing this this amazing story. This is one of the crazier things I've ever read. Oh, you're so kind to say that. No, it's great to be on the show. Big fan. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard anyone say that to a podcast I've never heard before. It felt like you were LARPing being a podcast guest. (laughs) That was exactly exactly what was happening. I hope it was convincing. So how did you even hear about Nordic LARPing? You know, Nordic LARP had been on my radar for a while. I've written about games and gaming for a while, and I'd heard about this weird scene. I owed a visit to some friends in Denmark, and just out of curiosity, I wondered if maybe I could catch one of these Nordic LARPs that was going on. I happened to find one that was about 40 miles away from where I'd be... Uh, staying. So I threw my name in the hat. So you sign up for this LARP and the theme of this particular LARP is, is what? So this is a gay conversion therapy camp, which is, you know, I'm gay. And I thought, hey, why not? And I have to say within like a week of signing up for these things, you, it's impossible to sit down. You and I are of an age. It's impossible for me to sit down at a table of other gay men and not have, you know, at least one of them have gone through either gay conversion therapy or something like it. Gay conversion therapy still goes on in the U.S. all the time, right? Absolutely. It's outlawed on a state-by-state basis, but I think it's something like in more than half of states, it's currently still legal. So yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly prevalent. People who go through these gay conversion therapy camps are something like six to eight times uh, at risk for suicide, certainly long-term uh, psychological harm. So I thought, hey, hey, why not? That doesn't make sense. If you've heard about how awful these camps are, why would you want to experience even a simulated version of that? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I'm not sure that I know, but look, Jill, you're a journalist, and I, I think journalists maybe have a little gene wired the wrong way. Other journalists run into war zones. You run into unpleasant situations. If there's something interesting that's happening, something newsworthy that's happening around the world, 
I don't know. You, you just have to know, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you sign up for this, and what do you have to do to prepare for the LARP? Right, it's kind of amazing. Months before, they send you these sheets that explain your character and explain the world you're in. So I was assigned this character named Ferret. He was described as eager, kind of an A student. He was a do-gooder. I had asked for a tricky a tricky character, one who maybe wanted the therapy to work. His family was life was a little messed up. He arrived at the camp covered in bruises. As a busy guy, I didn't do a lot of prep work going into this. I read the sheets and thought, who is this kid? But that's um, that's about the depth of that, that that work that I put into it. How nervous are you going into this thing? Or You don't sound nervous at all. It's not like you're just packing the bag and going to see what happens. Yeah, not, I got to say, not super nervous. A lot of friends were worried in a way that I should have paid more attention to, right? I, I, you know, there's a lot of men in my generation who've been through gay conversion therapy. I met a lot of them. I ran into uh, another one over this past weekend. And so it was a lot of eye rolling. It was a lot of like, take care of yourself. But, you know, I also thought you're playing a game. Like what, you know, the worst thing you just, you know, you just walk off campus and don't have to worry about it at all. Okay, so you arrive at this retreat center. Can you just describe like what it looks like when you first get there? Man, so Denmark is a really comforting place. This LARP had rented this retreat center in the woods and it's this typical Danish public space with all of the very friendly architecture. But the LARP organizers had also gotten into this Danish space and started to make it over into what it would be this center for action, this gay conversion therapy camp. There were these jaunty posters all over the place with these serene, banal-looking heterosexual couples looking at each other's eyes. There were a lot of animals, you know, a lion and a lioness on a poster sort of showing you how heterosexuality was the norm of the natural world. And then just the just the slogans, the banality of these slogans helping you become natural. They produced this amazing flag that flew on the flagpole at the center of the camp. So it was as if you were in Scandinavia, but a Scandinavia that had gone horribly wrong. Okay, so tell me about the first day. Uh, The organizers give this pep talk and they play some James Blake song and then boom, suddenly you're in the LARP and you have to pretend to be this teenager named Ferret. Right. What shocks me about this LARPing experience is that, you know, the light switches and everyone is in. They're just in the new reality. And uh, I mean, I just decide I'm going to go jump in this with abandon. The character Ferret is supposed to be kind of a goody two-shoes, so I'm being loud, obnoxious shit. I'm trying to remember what it's like to be 16, and I'm raising my hand and answering uh, all of the questions. And so we're LARPing around. It is so awkward, I find, almost immediately to have conversations with people when you're pretending as a grown-up, right? Like, it's just incredibly awkward. As a kid, I get, you know, when you're playing house, I sure, you know, I'm the family cat. That, it, it makes complete sense. But as a grown up, it's uh, it was just, awkward for me, even as a kid. Ah, I, I find it acting is so hard and you're being asked to like be an improver for 40 days straight. It seems impossible. Yeah. What I discovered quickly is that almost everybody else chose a version of themselves. And so I had chosen this kid who was bouncy and obnoxious and really wanted to be cured of his gayness. And almost immediately, I was feeling like, oh, my God, not only am I terrible at this, I'm pissing everybody off. You suck at acting, according to the article. I am terrible. I could not convey in words how terrible I was at LARPing. And I'm I'm being loud and I hate the sound of my voice in my own ears. (laughs) I just want to hide. I just want to crawl under something. Is this a miserable, sweaty experience so far? 
Oh, insanely sweaty. Insanely sweaty. And of course, you're like, well, I've just now committed to four days of pretending to be this teenager. <laughs> it just, the whole thing feels cringy and awful and awkward. And I, I, I don't know what I've gotten myself into. And what's this like, like day to day at conversion camp? You're going to classes and lectures and therapy sessions. This LARP had a school structure. So this is all based on extensive research on what happens and mostly uh, U.S. conversion therapy camps. There were classes that were gender separated. You'd partner up and, and you'd read a piece of homoerotic literature to your partner. And if you felt yourself getting any arousal, you had to prick yourself with a, with a tack uh, in your thumb. That's something they really do at gay conversion therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in some, we got a best of hits, right? This, there were a lot of lectures, you know, the, the psychotherapeutic argument against homosexuality, the scientific argument against homosexuality. And then, of course, there were the therapy sessions. These were these really tight groups of, of eight people uh, where you would have someone just really dig deep into your personal story. And the group therapy that I have is led by this woman named Ms. Walker. And Miss Walker is just... Oh, that's dystopic, Miss Walker. That seems scary, doesn't it? Yeah, she and she looks like it. I don't know what this LARPer did to sort of give this effect, but it was just chilling. She's just this... Hollywood send up of a of a psychiatrist, right? You know, just the sort of like helmet of of black hair and this bright red lipstick. This iciness emanated at, emanated from her whenever she'd walk into a room. And so she's she's actually therapizing people one by one in our small therapy group. And and it gets to me, and she just looks me in the face and says, "You're faking. No one likes you." And this is exactly what I'm feeling at the moment, right? And so she has me stand in front of the class and just says, "All right, everyone, if you have something to say, you know, just get it off your chest. Just tell Ferret, you know, what you're honestly thinking." And it becomes this, you know, like this Maoist struggle session where everyone is just like, "Hey, you're genuinely terrible and awkward, and you're faking everything, and no one likes you." And I am, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm alone in a foreign country. I think. Is this part of the game? Is it not part of the game? So I, I just leave this experience just completely torn down and shaken. It was, it was really weird. So now you're in. Now you're, you're kind of feeling like you're actually LARPing, right? Yeah, I feel, I feel insecure for sure. Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. You know, Ferret's supposed to be insecure. I'm feeling insecure. I. So we're, we're aligned in there. I'm feeling for the first time like, like this is, this is. So I, I sort of get what's going on. I think. Okay, so on the first night, you have this late night rendezvous with the guy who's assigned to be your love interest. So what happens there? Yeah, it's technically lights out at 10 o'clock, but there's this hour where people are sneaking around in the dark. So after an insanely traumatic uh, day for, for Ferret and, and for me, frankly, uh, the character North, who's my lover, he's leaning against a building uh, with his ripped firefighter physique uh, and he beckons me over, and we right we take a we take a walk into the dark forest, which is conveniently situated right behind uh, the dorms. And we have some awkward teenage conversation, and we initiate the sex mechanic. What is LARP sex? What is the fake version? So what is what is what is LARP sex? And this it's different. Organizers do it in different ways. And in fact, everyone LARP sex differently. I get it. Yeah. Right. In this game, there were actually two different sex mechanics, one for straight sex and one for gay sex. What? Okay. Yeah. And they said that the straight sex one was supposed to be a little more boring, but simple. And the queer sex- That's, that's accurate, I believe. <laughs> I'll take your I word tell for you, it. As a straight guy, yeah, right. it's not great. Yeah, that, that's yeah. A, that's your word. The queer one was supposed to be a little more physically involved, 
but also really depressing, which I can I can vow as a gay man is 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 also true. Uh, so you start by by grabbing each other's hands, staring at the floor. Your hands travel up the undersides of each other's arms. So you're sort of crawling up each other's arms. Then you sort of rotate so that you're back to back and spine to spine. And all of these things are happening very slowly and awkwardly and intimately. Spine to spine, you can kind of feel each other breathing and you hang out there for a minute. If you feel like things are progressing to the next place in sex, you sort of go back again face to face, look at each other in the eyes, and then to sort of represent these culminating acts, you say something that you wish you could do to the other person. And then the other person responds with one of their profound fears about your being together and then you drop hands and then that's that's sort of it's it's over i would never ever do that in real life that's too intimate i would never do that with another person i wouldn't do that with my wife that's that's so much more than sex that's crazy tell them your fears and your desires and like touch their forearm yeah this needs to be rethought did you bring this home? Did you start touching your husband's forearm and telling him your fears? Yes, there's there's been a lot of forearm touching in the household ever since I got back. It's a it's a it's a. I think I would totally try that at home if I had been told. Big to part of that. the repertoire, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was large. There are other part times, uh, uh, other types of large sex. They had a masturbation mechanic where you oh my God. sort of did the same thing to yourself with your forearms, and then at the moment of you know, ultimate joy, you clapped really loudly. So periodically around the LARP, you'd hear like a loud clap from the <laughs> shower stalls or from one of the rooms and you knew what was happening. Okay, so you have your forearm sex with uh, North and then uh, and then he winds up bailing on it, right? Yeah, about halfway through, about halfway through, he just sort of like freaks out and kind of, you know, says, this is this is not for me. I want to sort of pursue relationship with women. And he kind of storms off. And I'm there with the equivalent, the LARP equivalent of having my pants around my ankles kind of in the forest. And after what has been a traumatic day of feeling like a misfit in the LARP and then being torn down in this therapy session and then, you know, kind of left half naked, you know, in the cold Danish night, I just feel mentally devastated. You know, it's a flashback to being a young queer kid. Suddenly 30 years have disappeared and I'm just that kid, that abandoned you know, disregarded, dumb kid who doesn't doesn't know who he is or how the world works. It really, it brought you back to that place? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember my own first time, which was, uh, which was really awkward and really awful, you know? And, uh, you know, being a queer kid in, in the 80s was just, um, was, it was, it was brutal. I remember my history teacher telling the class that, you know, AIDS was justice and it just being, that was just kind of the norm, you know, back, back, back then. In the 80s, we still had enough of that reality of, yeah. you know, life being really, really tough for queer people, even for cis, you know, white queer people like me that, um, yeah, it brought back, a, it brought back a, a lot of a lot of memories. So here I was having gone into this LARP, you know, pretty much as, as, as a LARP, sort of realizing within seven hours that it was just going to be this profound and probably, you know, terrifying to some extent experience. So Jason was unprepared for any of this. Like any American, he walked in way too cocky. Meanwhile, the guy who played North, the forearm stroker, had written love poems that he gave to Jason when he showed up. He had actually knitted his own sweater because he thought that's what his character would wear. After the break, we're going to hear how Jason paid the ultimate price for his lack of preparation, or at least his character did. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. When we last left Jason, he was having a devastating day at pretend gay conversion therapy camp. So many people feel so many things like you did that there's safe words and there's like a safety room with tea and like a safety volunteer you can talk to. Did you think about going in there? You know, I, I didn't. I think a little bit of it is that journalist curiosity, you know, what's, what's going to happen. There was also a little bit of the attraction of LARP, the reason that these people come and do these terrible experiences that begins to become apparent to me. And it's a very hard thing to, be, to, to, to put into words. There is just this feeling of approaching misery that is like kind of sinking into a, into a hot bath. You know, at first it's scalding and it hurts, but then it's, it's kind of impossible to leave. And that's really the only way I can describe the fact that I was feeling just awful and yet I had no interest whatsoever in cutting that experience short or in bowing out of it. Okay, so they bring you into a meeting and they confront you with your fake parents who are abusive and homophobic and it's really stressful. And so what happens right after that? We have immediately after that, we have this group exercise where all of the guys are brought out onto the lawn with one another. And, uh, and this is another thing kind of from real conversion therapy camps. You know, guys are put into pairs and they're told, look, you need to feel your testosterone. Queer boys don't feel testosterone, but real men feel testosterone. So we, you know, we want you to start roughhousing with one another, right? So they have you kind of get into each other's space and start shoving each other around. And I just absolutely let loose. I just take this guy that I'm playing the game with and I shove him to the ground and I'm punching him in the stomach. Did you lose control when you were fake punching that guy? 
I lost control emotionally for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, people do these LARP experiences so that they can lose control emotionally, right? That's the art of it. Did that scare you? Yeah, absolutely. It was terrifying. Holy moly. Yeah. I mean, sitting here in a group of, of people that I didn't know, you know, just allowing myself to be completely raw and completely furious was intense. Yeah, for sure. When you're doing this like fake improv, but feeling real things in your body, is there a part of your brain that's also lucid and judging you and saying like, wait, what am I doing? Why do I feel this? Oh, a thousand percent. Oh gosh, a thousand percent. But it is weird just how, if you tell someone about these experiences, they're like, well, you could walk out at any moment, you know it's fake, but just like with a Stanford prison experiment or a reality show, it's real to you in the moment. Even if there's a part of your brain that's saying it's not real, it feels real in your body. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's this idea that in Nordic Lark they call bleed, which is this idea that the fakeness feeling real, they call bleed. It's the fake reality bleeding into your real reality. I think that's what you see in the Stanford Prison Experiment, right. where the fake reality and the real reality sort of start to mesh, mesh into one another. It's just such a weird phenomenon that you, if you isolate people... And these are the only people around you, even though you know you can walk out that door, you will feel everything as if it's real and do whatever it takes to fit in. It's like one of the creepiest things about being a person. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that was, it was, it was absolutely shocking. And, and, you, and I'd say, I don't even know what it is, maybe four hours. Four hours in a, in a situation that's a completely different reality. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. And that your, yourself, the self that you thought you were is gone. It's just gone. You're situationally a new person. So when did you feel that bleed the most? So the climax of the piece is me sitting on the bunk in the morning and my body is racked in sobs. I'm just crying. I'm snotting all over the sheets. I'm trying to stay quiet. But like in that awkward way, the bunk bed that I'm sharing in this room with four other guys, it's like squeaky, 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 because I'm like racked with like these, you know, snuffling sobs. And I, rationally, I'm like, this is idiotic. This is so dumb. This is not you. And yet emotionally, I just been put through the ringer. This is on the last day of the LARP. And I, you know, I, I'd really lived in this reality of this kid who was on the verge of killing himself. And looking down at that, I'm, I'm incredibly sympathetic. And I look at this kid and, and, and by extension myself with just this, this sympathy, uh, you know, the seeing another person with the same intimacy of having shared a skin with them but on the other hand, that that rational mind is just like, holy, this is all so fake. Nothing's happened here. You've just kind of eaten some, you know, blueberries in a in a summer camp in Denmark for three days. Like literally get over yourself. Okay, so you get this invitation to go meet the organizers of the LARP. They take this incredible step of pulling me out of the game for a little bit to sort of, you know, so I can talk to them as as Jason about uh, about the game. So I uh that's that's when I sort of meet the organizers of the game who've been kind of s sitting at the periphery dressed as janitors. That's how they're kind of overseeing uh, this game that they've been designing for the last uh, six or seven years. Okay, so they, they bring you in because you had sent them an email for this idea you had for your character. Yeah, so I asked if I could kill myself. I asked if Ferret could, could kill himself. And I, look, I, as a gay man of my age, I know that this is just what happens with queer kids in these environments and the statistics, right. you know, are just in your face. I certainly had suicidal ideation in my, in my time. Um, and 
in just that little bit of Ferret's experience, I knew with a certainty that this kid was just not going to make it, right? Like he had no support. He was just this fragile character. The best I can put it is that it just felt like a mathematical equation. Like I'd been supplied with all of the details. And in my mind, I ran the figures and there just was no way that this kid lived. So I, I went in to ask, I'm like, you know, is it possible to, is it possible for Ferret to kill himself uh, in the course of the game? So the organizers tell Jason that, yes, he can go ahead and kill his character, but they just ask that he waits until the end of the LARP so that it doesn't become the focus of the game for everybody. So a few hours before the LARP ends, Jason leaves the grounds and the organizers announce his death to the whole group. And so it, the LARP ends, there's like a party, which sounds a little lame, to be honest, the way you described it. Someone at a disco ball and they play some Gloria Gaynor. And then uh, you find out that a lot of these people are straight. What was your reaction to finding out that so many straight people were participating in this? You know, it was less shocked that they were experiencing it than the fact that at the after party, they were hooking up a lot more successfully than the gay players were. What percentage of people hooked up after the, uh, the LARPing experience that you were at? I mentioned in the story that it was a little heartbreaking that North, my lover within the game, you know, found this girl that he was just obsessed in love with. Uh, and so he spent pretty much the whole after party hanging out with her, which is great. He's allowed, right? That's his real romance. But he was, he was my fake boyfriend. And yet he, he's, he's run off with somebody. Oh, my God. He's rejected you in real life and in fake exactly. life. And like, oh, it's too much. He just wanted to twist the, twist the knife. Ugh. Your husband wasn't afraid you were going to hook up with someone, or he's just like, uh, that's what happens. Denmark stays in LARPing Denmark. <laughs> I don't think my husband would have been jealous of anything that happened here. I mean, he got to hang out here in Queens, order from the amazing Thai places in Elmhurst, you know, have Desi food from, uh, from Jackson Heights. Uh, and meanwhile, I was cold and miserable and having fake sex in a forest. Right. He was not jealous whatsoever. So a few months later, they do this LARP again, and you find out there's another guy who played Ferret, and and you you get in touch with him thinking he obviously had the same horrifying experience that you had, because it's, it's an awful character who goes through this awful thing. Yeah. But it turned out that's not what this dude experienced at all, right? Completely not. Yeah, completely not. Was it, was it you know, all made some friends, had a little romance. Um, wondered how I'd pursue my life in this oppressive regime, but you know we all we all power on, and of course that's how most people navigate this experience. I think what was most telling is I was kind of I was asking people about you know how they experienced this this miserable LARP, this torture LARP, and overwhelmingly the feedback from sources was yeah this wasn't a miserable LARP. I don't I have no idea why you were miserable and killed yourself. Everybody else was kind of having a good time. Why are they having a good time? Like. Why do people do this? I think there's a lot of effort to try to talk about these LARPs as, as therapy, right? Sort of a way, a way that people, a place that people go to sort of heal and get better. I reject that interpretation of it. I think I put these misery LARP, these miserable experiences of LARP, more in the space of opera and the blues and country music, right? They, I think... These misery LARPs are really a place where we do this very human thing of running towards misery uh, in art, right? We just have profound sadness and 
And we need a place to express it that's not everyday life because, frankly, everyday life is not really well suited to, to a lot of misery. Part of what LARP does, part of the reason that it walks in those dark territories is that it invites us to have this really perennial human experience of running towards misery because it's, it's something we need. So you'll be LARPing again, right? Who knows? Uh, yeah, the right one came along for sure. Yeah. Jason Anthony's story, Nordic LARP, My Four Days in Fake Gay Conversion Therapy, appears in the October 2022 issue of Wired Magazine. Thank you so much for talking to me, and more importantly, for writing this story. It, it's amazing. You're kind to say that. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate your having me on there. All I wanted to do after talking to Jason is LARP. There's so many things I want to fake do. At first, I thought I wanted to LARP being like coked up at Studio 54 in the 70s. But I don't think they'd let me in even in the fake LARP version. But the more I thought about it, the more disappointed I was that even my LARP fantasies are nerdy. Honestly, I'd love to LARP being at Davos. Oh, hello, Bill Gates. I want to LARP James Joyce dictating Finnegan's Wake to Samuel Beckett when he's like all blind and the words are made up and he's telling him how to spell it. Oh, oh I'd, I'd LARP being on Mars with Elon Musk and like yelling at Elon about how nothing's working and what a stupid idea coming here was. Jason found parts of himself he didn't like by LARPing. But all I needed to do was think about what I wanted to LARP. I'm gonna stick to Dungeons and Dragons. At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our show today was produced by Kate McAuliffe and Nisha Venkut. It was edited by Robert Smith. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang. And our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. And our theme song was written and performed by Jonathan Colton. And a special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelaznik. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. Did Ferret ever get to fake masturbate? No, he did not, sadly. Yeah, no, right, there was some, there, I think. It was satisfying. Even that right then was satisfying Yeah, 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 yeah. No, please, I'm sure. You know, just don't clap too loudly if uh, if the kids are around, right? You don't want anyone to know what you're getting up to. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.